Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Underway for a Thursday morning, and already we start off and running. Congressman Russ Fulcher. I believe you're still not on vacation yet, uh, right? Uh, let me let me rephrase that because it's not really a vacation. You'll you'll still be working. You're, you're not done with the sabbatical from from Washington D.C. and headed home yet, right? Just got back in Idaho, and so glad to be here. And uh, actually, Kevin McCarthy was here yesterday too. He was here in Idaho. What was he doing in Idaho? It, yeah, yeah. Just uh, he's making his rounds. You know, he travels around the the country, and he's trying to influence various areas and making sure that there's a changeover on the congressional leadership and introducing, doing kind of a, a precursor introduction to the the commitment to America that is going to be released here pretty soon. All right. Now, um, you guys have about, is it about a month off before you head back to Washington, D.C.? We go back where I was, you know, this. it's hard to tell uh, because it gets changed up a lot, but we're supposed to be back about the second week of September, so I, I think that's how it's going to go. All right. Um, let's start things off here. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to you um, since the Inflation Reduction Act bill was passed. Um, I, I know you, you voted against it, uh, as did uh, all the Republicans in the uh, House. Bipartisan bill. Um, have you had a chance to read the bill now? Well, we've gone through the major components of it, and uh, as you know, that's a function of the reconciliation process. And and we we knew the major components before. And yes, I got a chance to look at it deeper afterwards, and it certainly wouldn't have changed the the vote that I cast on that um, seven hundred and I think sixty billion dollars. And ironic thing about that is a lot of that money will wind up going to China for so-called green energy to make things like windmills and solar panels, which is great, except for uh, the money to make all that stuff is going to China because we've basically banned ourselves from from producing it here. So the, the minerals for the steel and the semiconductors for the solar panels and all that, uh, we, we aren't able to mine here, and so we're, we're sending the money through this bill to China so they'll mine it for us. Was there any issue in the bill that uh, you think would pass on its own? Uh, not through the Republican ranks. It, well, I suppose if you if you uh, remove the eighty seven thousand IRS agents, uh, that would that would go a long way. But uh, uh, b- between that and the uh, the, the massive push, uh, where basically China is the beneficiary, uh, I just think. Uh, uh, Chris, I think that was just the the, the nail with, mm-hmm. that was uh, put in there for for the role of the Republicans anyway. Uh, on a personal standpoint, just from you, was there anything in the bill that you did like? Uh, I think it's I think there's some merit in uh, in having a, a energy portfolio that's just across the board. Um, and this one, this bill certainly, uh, you know, wasn't wasn't a diverse energy package, but it did put some encouragement in there for some of the other things that we're we're potentially light on. 
Um, I have a geothermal bill that I'm running with, with uh, Senator Risch. That would be advanced, or that uh, idea and the proliferation of geo, geothermal energy would be proliferated through this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, in all, in all factors considered, that would be a very minor portion of it. But, uh, yeah, that piece of it I would. You were in the headlines a little over a week ago with a lot of other House members sending a letter to uh, major banks opposing their abortion policies. Is this something you think the banks are actually going to pay attention to? Oh, no, I don't think so. I But the idea is just to say, uh, look, you know, there's uh, this was this was a function of a court decision and uh, uh, it changes absolutely nothing right now in these states granted it does potentially change the some of the attitude towards abortion and abortion policy but uh in terms of of uh, a bank or whatever using leverage that they would eventually have through the treasury to try to steer the outcome of that uh just isn't the right thing to do will they will they listen probably not (laughs) The uh, other bill I wanted to ask you about, because I know you voted against it, and you know that it's the burn pit bill uh, for veterans. And, and and on the broad strokes of the thing is like, oh, they, this is for veterans, and you know that are suffering medical, you know, problems because of burn pits while they were uh, in the military. Uh, but my guess is there was uh, again things in this bill that you just did not agree with that go beyond just the help for veterans in the uh, med- medical area of, of that were affected by burn pits. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like I got a lot of no votes lately, um, and, but it's true. And every bill that we have is, uh, is called an omnibus where they've, where they've done exactly that. There's, there's things in the, in the bill uh, typically in the form of an earmark, if you're familiar with that, I'm sure you're familiar with that term, where someone somewhere who's in a key role gets something special in their district or in their state as a function of uh, letting the bill run. And that's what was going on within this particular bill. The burn pit legislation itself, I think, had some some real merit. Uh, you know, some of these circumstances were, for example, a uh, American GI was in uh, Vietnam when some of these chemicals were disposed of, got exposed to that, had ramifications. You know what? That's a that's a legitimate uh, issue, a legitimate claim. I will say about that uh, there there wasn't there didn't appear to be any um, uh, or, or or very few sideboards to it. In other words, it, you know, at what point do you qualify? At what point do you don't? And because sometimes it's not really cut and dried if, if an illness came as a function of that. And so that would have, that was one thing that did come to mind about the bill itself. This was, I think, um, was the second or maybe even third time that we've had this bill come before us in some fashion. But ultimately, it's the other things that get thrown in there that, that just say, look, I, I can't support that. And by the way, I Every year I've been in Congress, the first bill that I released is a single subject bill, which, of course, it hasn't been heard yet. But that would if it were ever to be passed, that would require Congress to take these issues on one at a time instead of throwing them together in this big omnibus thing. It's just, every single vote, you have to weigh, OK, does the good outweigh the bad? And that's just a, that's a poor way to govern, in my opinion. It's a sure thing now that uh, after the first of the year, you're 
current colleague, Liz Cheney, will no longer be a colleague of yours. Uh, how did you personally feel about Liz Cheney? You know, uh, I, I got along fine with Liz. I, I haven't had any issues. I actually uh, uh, stood up for her initially with her with her vote uh, because she's an independent contractor. She represents her constituency, and she's got the right to vote anywhere, any way she wants. And I supported her uh, privately. I supported her within the conference publicly on that issue. Where she got sideways with me, and I think with most others, is when she started um, uh, basically throwing the rest of the conference under the bus and and uh, uh, referring to us as as uh, in a negative way for how we how we voted. And you know what? That's between me and the people of Idaho. You know how how I vote, and it's same thing with her. And so. I personally, I extended that courtesy to her. I, I don't have a, any personal issues. There was no surprise on that, Chris. I, I think everybody, including her, knew what was coming. But I will also bet that uh, you haven't seen the last of, of Liz. I, you know, look for, a, I'm going to guess, a 2024 presidential run uh, before this is, this is over. But that's, I don't have any inside info. That's just my personal opinion. Congressman Russ Fulcher with us uh, this morning once again, talking to him live. He's up early. He is in Idaho, which is, uh, I guess, uh, kind of a, a good thing. You got to sleep in a little bit uh, this morning, right? Um, we'll take <laughs> a break a here. <laughs> yeah, we'll take a break here. We got a few more minutes with you. Uh, hold on. More with Congressman Russ Fulcher live this morning. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Congressman Russ Fulcher uh, with us live this morning. Congressman, wanted to uh, get back to the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, who even uh, Manchin admits won't reduce uh, inflation. And the uh, CBO even said, uh, at least for the first 10 years, it might even increase inflation a little bit. The, the scary thing that, I, that we're hearing here from most people is the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. You're in Washington, D.C. You're there. What, what's the reason given that we need 87,000 new IRS agents? Is it just because of a backlog or is this something else? No, it's something else. It, uh, and and this has been this was pretty open on the floor debate anyway. Uh, the purpose for that eighty seven thousand is to fund the bill. Uh, they believe that that there is a tremendous amount of uncollected taxes that people owe that uh, never get followed up on, and so that's where the whole notion of you know people under making under four hundred thousand dollars or couples under four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, they say aren't going to get any impact by this. What they don't point out is, yeah, but we got 87,000 new uh, agents that will be charged with going out for everything, everyone, no matter what you make. And so that's when uh, when we put forth an amendment said, okay, if you really mean that, that anybody who makes under 400,000 won't get impacted, then here's an amendment that puts it in language. And they would not do it. That's because that 87,000 new New, by the way, that's not total. That's new uh, IRS agents. There's 78,000 right now. Add another 87,000. That's an army uh, to go after everyone for unpaid, supposedly unpaid taxes. And that's how they intend on 
of paying for this bill, or at least a big part of it. Since uh, proxy voting has existed in Congress the last couple of years, there have been some who have been adamantly against it and say it's a disgrace, uh, while others have used it frequently. How do you feel about it? Should it be ended? Yeah, it should. And by the way, uh, full disclosure for everyone, I used it when I was going through cancer treatments. And uh, it was there, and uh, and I, I used it for some I did, I continued to travel. But uh, uh, it was rather than not participate, I did use it. But I still think it's a wrong thing to do. And I said so at the time, and, and I have opposed it, opposed it along the way. The requirement or, or one of the things I think that makes Congress Congress is, is your face-to-face interaction. It's the debate. It's, the, uh, it's the, your physical and mental presence on the spot, in the, whether it's in the committee, whether it's in the full chamber. And the proxy idea has uh, really driven a, a, a wedge. We already had a partisan wedge when uh, we already had the partisan wedge between the parties. Uh, but the proxy has made it substantially worse because we don't interact. We don't, we don't have that face-to-face communication. We don't have that ability to build rapport or not. And so um, that's a big part of the legislative process is, is uh, uh, how you work things out between yourselves. And, and voting by proxy from anywhere really makes that difficult. Congressman Russ Fulcher, uh, we're up on time here today. Appreciate you uh, taking a, a few extra minutes. Uh, I know we had to work around your schedule, but appreciate you getting up early as you did uh, and, and uh, talking with us. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again here in the near future. I'm very thankful. Always happy to do it. Thank you and good luck. Have a great day. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. As we reported on News Talk KBOI, Governor Brad Little appeared to lay the groundwork for taking action on that surplus. Under the Idaho Constitution, only the governor has the power to call a special session of the Idaho legislature, which is officially called an extraordinary session. The Idaho Capital Sun reports Idaho governors have called special sessions in 2000, 2006, 2015, and then most recently in August 2020, when Little called a special session to address election security and civil liability protection during a state of declared emergency. We asked a question uh, towards the last part of our show yesterday. We're continuing that this morning because uh, a lot of people were not able to uh, give their input, and we received a lot of input, emails, uh, text messages uh, after the show rolled in. Our question yesterday that we asked, and we'll continue to ask today, do you want a special session? Do you, do you think a special session is needed? Because this isn't free. The uh, congressmen or the uh, legislators don't volunteer their time to come down here for a special session. So uh, somewhere between thirty, forty thousand dollars a day is what a special session will cost. Mm-hmm. So that's the first question: Do you think a special session is needed, or should this just wait until the regular session in and, January? And in addition to that, of course, we asked, uh, "What would you like to see done with the surplus money, if anything?" Some people said, "Leave it alone." Uh, you know, just save it. Some people said invest it. Other people said, hey, give it back to the people you took it from. Um, email in no name on this one says special session. No, 
surplus. Normally, I'm against increasing pay for public employees, but with the staffing rate between 30 and 40 percent, I'd like to see pay for our correctional officers increased enough to be able to hire more. It's unsafe for them and the inmates. Probably a good idea if there's any problem right now, which there generally is in prisons, then, uh, you know, perhaps uh, more should be hired or the pay should be higher for them. Randy writes in, uh, Mike, at KBY.com, no to the special session. um, And as far as what should be done with the money, send it back to the people that actually paid the taxes instead of giving some to everybody. There we go. We had a few of those answers yesterday. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll talk a little bit more about this uh, coming up after top of the hour. If you want to uh, email us, you can email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. You can also text us. It's the same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Time for another check on what's going on with sports this morning. It is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in East Boise. That's right, two locations. So uh, whichever one is closest, you head there, and you're going to enjoy yourself a delicious sandwich. And keep in mind, they have over 30 sandwiches. Every one of them can be turned into a wrap or a salad. Team that up with a bowl of hot, steaming, delicious soup. you got yourself a great meal. Let's talk a little Boise State football this morning. We'll start with the Broncos' deepest position right now, or maybe one of the deepest positions. It's going to be at corner this year. There are four players that will be playing for the Broncos this year, and all four have starting experience. Markel Reed started four games at corner last season, making 21 tackles, including eight against Oklahoma State, before suffering a season-ending knee injury. He spent the spring rehabbing and says he's now ready to go. It feels good, you know, throwing some of that old rust off. You know, I haven't played football in 10 months, but it feels good to be back and get some of that old rust off and get some more reps and get back to wrapping guys up. The physicality of it, it just feels good getting bang, bang again. Reed, along with Caleb Biggers, Kaunohi Kaniho, and Tyreek LaBeouf are all competing for the two starting spots at corner for the Broncos. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. And by the way, the Bronco defense is going to have to be good this year. The AP Top 25 rankings did come out this week. Fresno State received votes, actually the most votes of any team in the Mountain West. Boise State had the second most, also receiving votes, Air Force, Utah State, and San Diego State. Mountain West looks pretty good, at least going into the season. We'll see. I'm Rick Worthington. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 706 football action uh, tonight, by the way. Uh, NFL preseason, second of three games. That's Uh, right. Preseason only has uh, three games now. I'm half as excited as I probably should be. Tonight, you'll be able to hear football action on News Talk KBOI. Does that excite you anymore now yeah, that it's it, on our it, radio station? It, it, it really does now that I know that we're, we're you know promoting it. Uh, Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks tonight, NFL preseason action. Kickoff at 6 o'clock in their Treasure Valley home for the Seahawks, 670 KBOI. Now, keep that in mind. Only on 670 KBOI. So if you tune into KBOI tonight and uh, you usually listen on uh, 93.1 FM and uh, you're going, wait, I wanted to hear the football game, you're tuning to the wrong radio station. We have an AM and an FM just for this reason. So you can uh, get Mark Levin on 93.1 FM, our regular programming, and you can also uh, get, once again, the Seahawks game against Chicago tonight at 6 o'clock on 670 KBOI. Keep that in mind. 
or Drew. Never, never let it be said we don't offer variety on KBOI. Poor Drew Locke. So he's he's fighting with <laughs> finally gets a chance and he's finally he's he's fighting with Geno Smith to be the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks this year. And Geno started last week. Um Drew Locke scheduled to start this week, and then they were going to make their decision on who was going to be the starting quarterback. Well, that decision was pretty much made thanks to COVID. Drew Locke has COVID, he will not be playing tonight. That's too bad. <laughs> so uh and then if you, if you had one shot <laughs> And that's basically all he had. He had yeah. one shot. He played. He played. He played pretty well last week, but uh, he played. You know, with the second string Seahawks against third and fourth string Pittsburgh, and he played pretty good. He had one last fumble, uh, but this was going to be his chance to play with the number ones against the number ones, and uh, that ain't going to happen now. So look for Geno Smith if you're a Seahawk fan that he will be the starting quarterback for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Make your notes for fantasy football, by the way. Those drafts are happening. We got our draft coming up here. What couple weeks? Mm, yeah, that's right. Come to think of it, the uh, I'll be off that week, but I'll, I won't. I won't. You know, be out of town, so I'll, I'll be there. The uh, just cater it by Chef Wally League. Yeah, that's kind, one of the reasons I'll be there <laughs> because he's making food. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, it'll be great for you. You don't have to worry about getting up the next morning. So you don't care how long the draft is going to last, last that night. We're taking your phone calls this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Once again, if you want to uh, get in, um, number one, we're asking you, uh, continuing to ask you whether or not you want to see a special session of the Idaho legislature. Governor Brad Little has uh, indicated that um, that may be happening and the reason why it would be happening. And it has to be specific. You can't just say, hey, hey we're going to have a special session to talk about some stuff. Um, the special session would specifically be to talk about how to spend the $2 billion surplus that we have once again. You can't just call for one because you're bored. Yeah. Right. And keep in mind, you can't just call it and then, hey, while we're here, let's talk about this and this. It's it's the one specific and now, thing. And now the real reason why yeah. I've convened you here today. The, one specific thing. That's that's the only thing that they'll be talking about. Um, once again, wanted to hear whether or not you wanted to have a special session of the legislature. Keep in mind, legislature, what are we're four months, five months away? Mm-hmm. Um, from the regular session. Um, but if you wanted to get, say, they decide that they take that money and give it in the form of a tax rebate, you know, in time for Christmas, you'd have, you'd have to do that in a special session. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen until next year, and it would take, you know... We, we've all seen how quickly the legislature gets business done when they're in session. First month and a half is, is like, well, let's talk about this. And then the fa- yeah, last they, two weeks is like, wait, we got all these bills to pass. They, they engage in what's called contemplation. Yeah. Um, 208-336-3700. We'll uh, continue to take your phone calls this morning on uh, what you think um, should be done. Um, Barbara writes in, how about extra large gates to keep people out of Idaho and dollars to schools and roads? You know, and, and again, to be fair, we asked people if, you know, in your fantasies, how would you use this money? So even though uh, extra large gates to keep people out of Idaho probably isn't something we're going to do, it's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually surprising over the last uh, part of the show yesterday and taking the phone calls, um, really amazed at the different things that people want to see the money spent on. 
I thought it was like, yeah, hey, give us a tax cut, tax rebate, or whatever. Um, we got quite a few of those, but there were a whole bunch of different ideas. Here's another idea. Uh, no name on this one. It says, I'd like to see the money spent on two things. A fire Brad Little campaign and an educate Idaho to the truth campaign of what's going on behind the scenes with the uni party. You know, if if, uh, if, if they decide to spend it on a fire Brad Little campaign, I bet he vetoes that. <laughs> There's a wealth of uh, info Idahoans know nothing about and they need to be aware of. There's a movement to create an unholy alliance between business and government, a corporate fascism uh, in which we'll lose our freedoms. John says, regarding extra funds, Idaho, are we sure there is actually money or is this an accounting error? Uh, My answer is that would be a huge error. Mm -hmm. If there is truly a surplus, he goes on, then the next step is to understand why Idaho has a surplus. Will this happen every year or is it an anomaly? I think we have the horse in front of the cart trying to hypothetically spend it before we know exactly why we have a surplus. We know why we have a surplus. We're paying too much in taxes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sounds to me uh, it's a case of thinking you've got plenty of money because your checkbook still has blank checks. No, we actually have the money. We actually have the money. The money is there. It's not hypothetical money. It's money. And and that's the reason. I mean, the money comes from corporate taxes, um, personal taxes, and so... We're just absolutely because I mean it's it's not just because we're paying a lot in taxes with or too much in taxes. I mean we are, but it's also because uh, business wise Idaho's doing very well and has been doing very well for the last have couple of years, exceeding expectations. There you go. Um, so it is it is actual money. It's not just paper money or money that the federal government is printing up and giving it. It's it's tax money that has come into the state, and now we have more money than we need to run the state, so we have that extra money. Uh, Mark writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com, yes, there should be a special session, and give the money back to the people based on how much they paid in. It should be both for income tax and property tax payers, and I agree, it's all a show by Governor Little. John says, regarding Seahawks, I live in the Seattle area and listen to your show. The sentiment around Seattle is neither of the current quarterbacks will be here next year. Since Wilson left to Denver, Seattle has yet to find that franchise quarterback. This will take several years. Well, yeah, it's only been a few months, (laughs) and they haven't actually played any uh, regular season games since then. If you think that Geno Smith, who has been in the NFL for what, over 10 years? Uh, At least, yeah. um, Is your franchise quarterback um, after 10 years? You're you're sadly mistaken. My my biggest fear, um, by the way, thanks for listening in Seattle. My biggest fear was that Seattle was going to go out and, you know, trade for what's his name from Cleveland, who went to uh, Carolina instead. Oh, Um, uh, Mason... uh, um, uh, oh, why can't I remember his name right now? Um, my big fear was that they were going to trade for a quarterback and Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, I mean. uh, and end up winning six, uh, like seven or eight games. Yeah. I, I want Seattle just to tank the season. They're in a very tough division. There's no way they're going to beat San Francisco. There's no way they're going to beat the Rams. There's no way they're going to beat you Arizona. Want, probably you want to get the number one pick next year. I one or two. Um, you've got, Probably five, I've heard five or six quarterbacks probably going to be taken in the first round next year, and they're predicting that the two first picks will be quarterbacks. Love to Seattle be able to get, we get first we, or second pick. Do we get Dan Marino or Todd Blacklett? That's, that's it. That's, that's, the, that's, that's the rub. Uh, was it Drew uh, or, or was Ryan, uh, Ryan Leaf, remember? Yes. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do better than that. <laughs>
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, time for a check out what's going on once again with uh, sports again this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in East Boise. Get in today. Check out their menu, fatguysfreshdeli.com. Good morning. We're going to talk college football here for a moment. This is pretty important. 11 college football presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoff board of managers met in a Zoom meeting yesterday and began a discussion that might reshape the future of college sports. Multiple sources telling ESPN that the board of managers briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed, with the idea presented of major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. The most logical place for the sport to be run outside the NCAA would be under the watch of the CFP, which was discussed on that call. The CFP currently oversees the sport's postseason playoff and has contractual ties to other marquee postseason bowl games. Sources, though, cautioning that those discussions are in such early stages, it could be considered the first step of a complicated process that would resemble a marathon Sources adding that the group spoke about the idea for only about five minutes. It was raised as something the group should think more about down the line. So the current progression of different teams jumping conferences and now the CFP may be wanting to take over what the NCAA is currently doing with football. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk about your money. Uh, Looks like uh, stock market's going to be up uh, this morning at least a little bit here ahead of the opening after being down over 170 points yesterday. I want to talk about something. We haven't talked about this uh, in quite a while, and it has to do with home prices. Um, You know, especially as it concerns Treasure Valley home prices, which are some of the most, quote-unquote, overvalued home prices in America, according to uh, some outlets. Are, are we seeing, I mean, I keep seeing this, uh, people saying um, that we're in a housing bubble and it's going to crash. Now, I am married to a real estate agent and a broker, and we have this conversation a lot. Yeah, and I know and this is why I was kind of interested in seeing these stats. I was reading through all these last night because obviously it's it's kind of top of mind with how hot uh, the the housing market has been here. I know it's uh, near and dear to the uh, Casper family, but you know, looking at this at these statistics, it's not surprising to see that the likelihood of seeing home prices, particularly in Boise, drop. See, I mean, see a big drop, and we're already kind of seeing it in one of the. One of the main indicators that a lot of these analytical firms or financial intelligence firms are looking at is the level in uh, the level of inventory spike that we've seen. And that's a, usually a forward-looking indicator to sh- begin to show the signs that we're going to see a bit of a rollover on the prices of of homes here. 
And if you look at Idaho, it, po it posted the strongest home price growth of any state last year, according to Freddie Mac, which is pretty wild. I mean, of, of all the states, Idaho posted the strongest home price. Additionally, you got to look at the other factors that are that are the headwinds against the housing market right now. And we're starting to see this cool down across the country. You have home sales are dropping. Uh, the multiple offers are drying up. You have home builders scaling back, taking away their, their buying incentives. So, you know, we're, we're seeing it across the country. But if you look at these states that had the, I guess, the highest level of growth, particularly from uh, people moving from out of town, these are the ones that are likely to come down the fastest. And according to Moody's analytics, they they predict that these these markets that are overvalued, they're likely to see price declines of 15 to 20% over the next 2 years. So now the question is, has has Boise as homes in, has homes in Boise become significantly overvalued? Well, the, according to these analytical firms, yes. And they're saying that Boise homes are overvalued by about 61% compared to their historical trend. So, um, and some outlets have them have Boise home values listed at almost 70% of what they should be relative to their long-term pricing. So, um, there's also data too. You have 61% of listings in the Boise metro area that had a price cut in June. So we're kind of starting to see these movements, these cracks that could lead to a, to a drop in home prices. And that's just the reality because we have such a disconnect between the underlying fundamentals of what the medium income is here in our valley, here in our state relative to the home prices. And additionally, you have Boise inventory, a hundred, it's a it's 141% above what they were uh, July 2021. So we're seeing significant inventory levels, not to mention we're seeing mortgage rates increase. So these are all headwinds against this. And uh, we could see a bit of a price correction on, on home prices in Boise that I don't think are to anyone's surprise. Now, the question is how much? Are we going to see a 10%? Are we going to see a 15 to 20%? You know, if a recession hits and we start to see an economic deterioration, that number could accelerate. But bottom line is compared to other regional areas, Boise saw the most significant growth. They're starting to see one of the highest inventory levels that we've seen. And according to these analytical firms, uh, they're saying that Boise homes are the most overvalued out of many other out of many other major areas. And here's the thing. I mean, if you see a 20% drop, say, over the next two years, um, for the last two years before that, you, you've seen 50 to 60% increase in homes. So you're still ahead 30 to 40%. Right. As right. long as you bought a couple of years ago. Now, if you just bought within the last year and you see that drop, that's not going to be good for you. Um, and the people that are predicting the crash, and this is the one thing that I, that I talked to my wife about because she is a real estate agent. I go, do you, do you see a crash? And she goes, no, people are still buying. She goes, the market has to go down. It cannot continue the way it has for the past two years um, because people can't afford homes, but people still are buying homes. She goes, it crashes when people quit buying. Yeah, no, and, and that's the difference. I mean, the, the I guess the semantics and conjecture on this is very important because, okay, do we see a bit of a pullback? Okay, it's like you said, if we saw 40% growth and it, pulls, and it pulls back 20%, hey, you're still at you're still at a positive and the, the market's still in good shape, right? And, yeah. you know, a lot of it's just kind of pause too, at least from anecdotal reports that I've heard from real estate agents. And it's just people are on pause right now because they... 
buyers don't want to buy because <laughs> they see the writing on the wall, so they're putting a little bit of pause on it, and sellers are reluctant right. because they want to get their higher price, which is understandable. All right, Dow futures uh, pretty much flat as of right now. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll get an update from you in about an hour after the market opens here in a few minutes, and then we'll talk to you uh, coming up for a Friday morning tomorrow. Thanks, gents. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 743, good morning. Thanks for listening in and being a part of the show. Going to help pay that uh, off here for you this morning. We had a lot of stuff you're going to have a chance to win. We've got the $50 gift certificate once again giveaway to uh, the brunch at on the lake in McCall. That's coming up with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Also on the way for you uh, today, we have uh, more passes for the Albertsons Boise Open. That gets underway. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe it's open right now. I think they start to tee off at about 7.30. So hmm. uh, first members of the tournament are teeing off at Hillcrest Country Club. We have tickets for Sunday's uh, tour final day of the championship tour going on at uh, Hillcrest Country Club, so keep listening for that. And just uh, coming up here within the next half hour or so, we've got Fitz and the Tantrums concert tickets to give away, uh, in addition to Andy Grammer. That's coming up here um, this coming Saturday at the Ford Idaho Center. So if you want to win those, just stick around. Chance for you to win coming up here soon. Just lock in your speed dial, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Tom writes in something we were talking about yesterday. It says, uh, Live Golf versus PGA reminds me of the early days of the AFC versus NFC. Oh, yeah. You're, you're well, not and, wrong. And, and like we talked about, most of the professional leagues that have uh, sprung up as competitors to the main league, such as the AFL or the World Football League or USFL, have either folded or have merged eventually. Like uh, the NBA and ABA in basketball, the NHL and the World Hockey Association. You think that'll happen here? Maybe. I mean, I, there I, is so I, I much money. I don't know. There is so much money. They may not merge. Uh, somewhere down the road, though, I, I see them playing nicely together because there's just so much money. Um, and it's getting ugly right now. I don't know if you saw this. Live golfer Patrick Reed filed defamation lawsuit yesterday for $750 million against the Golf Channel and uh, Brandel Shambly for what he says, defaming him and continuing to defame him. Defaming him, huh? Topi- talking bad about him. Um, $750 million lawsuit because he went to the Live Golf Tour. Wow. So it, it, it's, it, it's going to get a lot more ugly, I think, before it uh, gets uh, everything worked out. I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but as of right now, there's just a lot of money in the PGA, and there's a lot of money with Live Golf. Yeah, cart. Kart Racing and the Indy Racing League, they were having a feud, too, at one point. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for our final check on what's going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go for lunch every day, Monday through Saturday. Both locations are open up every day, Monday through Saturday at 1030 in the morning. Good morning. I'm Rick Worthington. Well, with Khalil Shakir playing for the Buffalo Bills, one of the questions heading into this football season for the Broncos is who will be their leading receiver? Billy Bowens is a redshirt senior from Redlands, California. Last season, he caught 12 passes for 140 yards. This season, he could be one of the most productive receivers, and he says he feels good heading into the season. I'm so excited. I can't wait to show what I've been working for. You know, I know it's been a long, rough four years for me, but I've been prepping for this moment. 
my whole life, you know, so it's not just these years, it's everything leading up to this, you know, just knowing the game, learning the game, studying the game, watching other people, other guys, you know, just I'm so excited to show what I can do, and uh, I'm so excited for this team and what we're about to bring to the table. At 6'1", 198, Bowens has size and speed, and he could be the Broncos' deep threat this year. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. I want to reiterate that this is going to have to be a very special defense for the Broncos this year because they're going to play some very good teams, teams that can score points. And as the AP Top 25 rankings came out this week, Boise State was not in the Top 25, but they did receive votes. The problem is there are several other Mountain West teams that also receive votes. In fact, Fresno State had the most votes in the AP Top 25 with 32 from the Mountain West. Boise State came in behind that with five votes. Air Force received votes. So did Utah State. So did San Diego State. So the Mountain West looks like they're going to be pretty good this year. So it's not always about the offense and who can catch the ball or throw the ball. Sometimes it's about who can get stops. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Speaking of uh, Nate Shellman, tomorrow afternoon, 3 to 6 o'clock, he is going to be at the Homestead Bar and Grill in Meridian. Linder and Chinden highly invite you to stop on by. Great pub burgers, nachos, cold beverages. He's got uh, tickets to give away, too. We we gave away uh, tickets here to Fitz and the Tantrums and Andy Grammer for Saturday night. Congratulations to Steve Larios. He is going to be headed to the concert. Uh, Nate Shellman, by the way, has tickets to give away to the Backstreet Boys. If you want to win your tickets to the Backstreet Boys and enjoy some uh, great food and drinks, then head on out to the Hometown Happy Hour brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing tomorrow afternoon beginning at 3 o'clock. Also, um, by the way, if you if you like Bloody Marys, and I know a lot of people like Bloody Marys as a breakfast drink, <laughs> um, do yourself a favor. I, I know it's three until six. Get yourself a Bloody Mary. You will not be sorry. Um, I'm kind of a, a Bloody Mary kind of. I'm no. I, I'm I'm a snob. Okay. I I All admit right. it. I'm a Bloody Mary snob. And this is the best Bloody Mary I have had in my life anywhere in the world that I've ever drank a Bloody Mary, and I drink them everywhere that I go. I I just love them. And this is by far the best, not just because of all the items that you get within the Bloody Mary, the slider, the chicken wing, the pretzel, and all the vegetables wow. and bacon, but there's a sidecar of beer and a sidecar of chili that also you'd, comes on it. You'd, you'd get pretty full even if you poured out the yeah. Bloody Mary. And the thing is huge, all right? It, it's like a quart size, 32 ounces, something like that. Um, so... And the best part is, it's just a delicious Bloody Mary mix. So do yourself a favor, get that, head on out, join Nate Shellman live tomorrow. Um, once again, the hometown happy hour brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Jen wrote in, um, I laughed harder yesterday uh, than I have in a long time during your show. My stomach still hurts. The caller uh, that was talking about live golf versus PGA golf, is so American that he likes live because they don't demand the COVID vaccine. Yet he won't buy Amazon because of what Bezos stands for, but supports live. So he is for encouraging Saudi Arabia to buy up golfers in the U.S. This man is ignorant if he thinks that being American is to support a violent monarchy that depresses women, non-Islamic religions, and hate the U.S. way of life to the point of crashing planes. Yeah, there were some inconsistencies there. I noticed that as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think live golf is for crashing planes. 
Um, I will say, once again, and we talked about this yesterday morning when it comes to live golf and PGA, you know, saying, hey, you know, you can't support Saudi Arabia. Um, you're not supporting Saudi Arabia. I mean, it's it's the live golf, you know, if you want to get into the semantics of it, PGA takes around $60 million in sponsorships from Saudi Arabian businesses. The United States, how much how much oil do we get from Saudi Arabia? So if you're really against Saudi Arabia, you shouldn't be taking any money. We shouldn't be taking any oil. You shouldn't you shouldn't be burning any oil in your car that comes from Saudi Arabia. It, it, it's it's just a way to get into politics and say, oh no, we we don't want live golf here because they support you know it's from Saudi Arabia. They're, how much stuff comes from China? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. 208 336 3700 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll take a break. Coming up here, we've got a $40 gift or a $50 gift certificate coming up for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. We'll let you start working on that next. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, remember, you can always email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook. Chris monitoring those for you. We also uh, take your text messages in at 208-336-3700. Found this uh, interesting this morning. Of course, the um, Inflation Reduction Act passed last week mm-hmm. signed by president biden was it yesterday yesterday or day before yeah so it's now the law of the land and part of that inflation reduction act was millions and millions of dollars that are being set aside to give up to seventy five hundred dollars in electric vehicle tax credits so if you buy an electric vehicle, this is a way to, you know, encourage people to buy mm-hmm. electric vehicles. By the way, there is an electric Dodge Challenger coming out. The interesting thing here in this, and, and I, we should have seen this coming, just days after Democrats passed the $7,500 electronic vehicle tax credit, Ford raised their electric truck prices by $8,500. Well, yeah, I mean, the more popular it gets or the more necessary it gets, I'm sure the higher the prices will go. They know that you now have an extra $7,500 to spend on your, your electric vehicle. So they've raised the prices on their lowest F light, uh, F-150 lightning designs between $6,000 to $7,000, and they've jumped the price on their highest-priced XLT, high extended range, and Lariat extended range, by Mm. (laughs) $8,500. The electric trucks, by the way, um, if you've you've put your order in, you're not going to be affected by this, the price raise, if if you've paid your down payment. However... If you, you've got your price locked in. Yes, if you've got your price locked in. However, if you're just waiting uh, on your delivery for vehicles, no no increase. However, if you've reserved your truck but haven't paid for it yet, yeah. you're going to get that $7,500 to $8,500 price increase Grand. if you've just reserved your truck. This is, the, this is the reason, part of the reason why I think that, you know, either giving money or paying 
for college education, college loans, isn't mm-hmm. going to work. Because as soon as you find out that, and when I say you, I'm talking about colleges, find out, oh, they're going to pay you know pay up to $10,000 a year, give, give free money hey, to can, college students. We can make more than that. Let's raise the prices by $10,000 because we know we can, we can make it. The federal government is going to pay for it. Right. Unless you put something in there that says that you can't raise your prices, and this is America, you know, schools are for profit, so um, they have things that they have to pay for. They're just going to raise their prices. And here's a perfect example. You get a $7,500 tax credit, it's gone because they're going to raise the prices that same exact amount. Terrific. Uh, Gordon, New Plymouth, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning to you. Well, I wish I could talk about cars right now because I, but I, uh, we should not be doing business with Saudi Arabia or Russia or China. We, you know, we've spent 20 years and all those lives and all that money fighting in Afghanistan against a pretty formidable force. You know, they were not, they were not unfunded. And I, I think, aren't you somebody who suspects that Saudi Arabia provide a lot of money for the, uh, a Taliban in Afghanistan? Possibly. I don't know for I don't know that for a fact. Just possibly. Okay. You know, they they do provide the they don't have a public uh education system in Pakistan. The public education in Pakistan is provided by Saudi sponsored madrasas who teach that Saudi brand of Islam where it's you know, you just gotta go kill all the infidels. And that was a great fountain of fighters from pakistan you know crossing that border and uh, fighting our people and the afghanis in afghanistan and then going back across the border to be uh, replenished and anyway saudi arabia does not want a democracy functioning in their neighborhood they are an extremely tyrannical mm-hmm. despotic anyway and and russia we can see what russia's doing and it's so, you know, Western Europe, you know, by golly, those Russians are sure naughty. By Christmas, we're going to stop buying their petroleum, their liquid petroleum altogether. You know, they're slaughtering all these people and they can't even say, let's, let's stop. Let's put, let's hang our clothes on the clothesline instead of running our electric and gas fired uh, clothes dryers. And China, they're, they're building bridges, railroads highways, soccer stadiums, mosques all over the world. And our, our information centers are saying, yeah, we're, we're still number one. U.S., you know, America is still the biggest economy. That is just so false. Anyway, those, those are the evildoers. But they have managed to, you know, with the help of Wayne, Wayne, What's his name? Wayne Hoffman. With the help of Wayne Hoffman and Rush Limbaugh, you know, Americans are being led to believe that our problems are communists in our country. No, wait, 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 wait. Rush Limbaugh has been dead for a while now. Oh, he means in the past. He lived. In the, he lived. He lived. He's the most influential so, man. Here's a, here's a question for you, and I, and, I, and I get you may not like the way that countries run themselves. What, what do you do? I mean, if you stop doing business 100% today, with China, what I mean, you don't have a computer, you don't you don't have a television, you don't have the technology because the United States, you know, doesn't doesn't have the technology uh, or the ability to to have the technology 
that we get from yeah. China immediately. So all that goes away. Saudi Arabia, um, five uh-huh. to ten percent of our gas. Are you willing to pay another two dollars a gallon higher than what we're paying right now if you just cut off all the gas from Saudi Arabia? I mean, that's that's the question that you have to answer. Is like, is the hurt that you would suffer, that Americans would suffer better than sending the message to those countries saying, we don't like the way you run your country, so we're not going to do business with you? Well, the thing is, those like those countries, especially China, is buying assets, real property in the United States. Well, there's a guy named Mr. Mog. No, and I and the, I and I get that. Um, they hold more debt than any other country. They they own more U.S. debt than any other country in the world. So do you? What do you say to that? Do, do you say, hey, by the way, um, we we want to buy all our debt back? I I don't know how we would do that. Well, I guess if you're a pure capitalist, you know, they won fair and square, didn't they? But it's the it's the Constitution there that says that Congress has the power to regulate commerce. And that means that means if, if Congress does not want you to sell the last steel mill in America to a foreign power, that Congress has the power to stop you from selling that steel mill. Well, Wayne Hoffman would say, by golly, that's. That's their steel mill, and this is a free country, and that's somebody's property, and there's communists there trying to tell you what to do with your property and and turn your kids into homosexuals at the public schools to boot. Now you're really listening to him. You know, you you guys that think it's okay to do business with these people are, have been taken, led down the bridal path. And I'm talking about liberals and conservatives. we got to start putting our arms around one another's shoulders to say, you know, we got to turn this around. All right. Thank you for the call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. I don't really think it can be turned around at this point. Yeah. Uh, the unraveling would be cause so much pain. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so for, much for it's our own So much more citizens. difficult than it used to be to be completely self-contained anywhere in the world, with the exception of maybe North Korea, but even they deal with China. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't have an answer. Yeah, I don't. I don't like some of the you know civil rights violations um, that some of these countries make. But is it our job to tell another country how you must run your country? I mean, we'd like to. I mean, we'd like to right. all tell. I mean, I'd like to tell you how to run your family, Chris. But it's, it's it's very it's very uh, well. Somebody should. It's uh, it's it's very difficult to uh, avoid dealing with with countries that you don't agree with simply because you can say, well, I only buy American. I only buy products made in America. However, those products are made with materials that come from all, all over, over the, the world. world. Yeah, I you, mean, I mean, part usually of the reason, China. Part of the reason that uh, Europe colonized all of Africa was to get the mineral rights. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break when we uh, come back here next. We've got a fifty dollars gift certificate to the brunchette on the lake in McCall. It is yours if you can answer our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question right after traffic and weather. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, the Under Impossible Question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, offices across the Treasure Valley, Sun Valley, Idaho Falls. Call today for help with real estate needs, 208-888-4128. Sonny is going to get first crack at our question. Sonny, in 1987, over 7 million children suddenly disappeared in the United States. They were there in 1986, 1987. 
gone. Why? What happened? Because the IRS said they couldn't be claimed as dependents anymore. What was that again? The IRS said they could not be claimed as dependents anymore. We'll we'll give that to you. You could still yeah. claim them as dependents if they were real. If they were real, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> they were fake children who were claimed the year before. In 1987, the IRS started making people list their kids' social security numbers on their tax forms when and they counted them as dependents. It turned, it turned out if you had an imaginary oh. child, if you had an imaginary he child, did. that child did not have a social security number. Exactly, and thus over seven million children just disappeared in one year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of fraud. That's a lot of fraud. Yes. <laughs> hey, congratulations, Sonny. We've got a fifty dollars gift certificate uh, brunchette on the lake for you. Hang on the line for you. One more day of brunchette on the lake, by the way. And then don't forget, uh, coming up here Friday morning, our KBY sweet deal of the week is the brunchette deals. Now, this is good for any one of the brunchettes. You've got Huckhouse brunchette. Um, in uh, down just off of Glenwood and State, you've got Blue Bench Brunchette across from Hillcrest Country Club, and then you have Brunchette on the Lake in McCall. You can use your gift certificate for any one of those. Goes on sale tomorrow morning, nine o'clock sharp, fifty dollars, uh, and it's only going to cost you twenty five dollars. That's a great thing. Half price deals and fabulous food. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not there at nine o'clock tomorrow, um, within the first few minutes, these are going to go very very quickly because food is delicious. As I said, I got a chance to go to the uh, Brunchette on the lake in McCall this weekend. Um, great food that you come to expect from all the brunchettes, but you have just an absolutely beautiful view of the lake. There is no place that you sit in that, with the exception of the bathrooms. I guess if you sit in the bathrooms, you're not going to view the lake. Uh, but every other table but they inside won't bring you, and they won't bring you food in there either. Probably so. not, no. Uh, inside and out has a view of the lake. That's a, that's one of the only places there that uh, has uh, that working for you. So once again, that sweet deal, KBOI.com, tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock sharp. Get in on that half-price deal. We'll take a break. Coming up, phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We're not done with our giveaways yet this morning. We still have another pair of tickets for Sunday's Boise Open, the final day, championship day. We'll get a chance for you to uh, head to that on Sunday. That's coming up here this morning, another reason why you'd want to set your speed dials. Phone lines are open. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Um, I've got questions when we come back. I don't understand. Um and I, I'm just curious, based on what's happened over the last six days, based on what's happened over the last six days, was the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland didn't think that uh, President Trump would call their bluff when it comes to releasing um, the warrants. I, I'm just curious, just based on the, uh, the the last five days of what has happened, and this is something that will happen, we'll get an answer on this later today, Florida judges to hold a hearing this afternoon on a request to unseal the uh, Mar-a-Lago affidavit. Um, we'll talk about this and give you a timeline the last five days, see what you think coming up after news in the bottom of the hour. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Albertson Boise Open underway. Uh, $3 million in charity raised this year. Corn Ferry Tour record. That's, that's in Boise, not for the whole tour. $3 million raised this year for charities. Very cool. Longest running stop on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. 
Um, it's been going on for uh, 33 years, and every year they've stopped here in uh, Boise. So it's kind of cool. Some of the big names that are playing on the PGA um, and also Live Golf <laughs> also have come through. John Daly has played here in Boise. That's true. Before. Driven a couple of the greens. And uh, we've got another pair of tickets we'll be giving away for Sunday's final round coming up here before 10 o'clock this morning. Another reason to set your speed dial at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wires to be ready to uh, win that. Another reason is to go ahead and give us a call. You can also call toll-free 1-800-529-5264. Email us, chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Lead you on Boise. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, guys. So yesterday I went to the sentencing hearing for the lady who protested the at Diana Lasciando's house. And it was shocking to hear a judge sworn to uphold the Constitution say the things she did and do the things she did. She was sentenced to uh, five days in, uh, seven days in jail, two she's already served for banging on a bucket at Diana Lasciando's house. Um, and it was clearly a First Amendment case. And, you know, this is an unusual punishment for basically what amounts to making too much noise. So jail time for your First Amendment uh, is, is how the state of Idaho now treats you for your protest. What was the what was the official charge? Was was it just disturbing the peace? Misdemeanor disturbing the peace. And so you get jail time for disturbing the peace now. And when and and if you watch the prosecution, the judge the judge's reasoning was you made Diana Lasciando's children cry. So because of the emotions of children, that's how we determine crime and punishment in, or in, the, uh, in the state of Idaho now. You, you can't, when you are locked out of meetings and you're arrested for going to open public meetings, and then they hold these public meetings at random places all over the valley, which is where the, uh, where the health district commissioners were, you can't go protest those places. And the judge said, basically, you can protest when and where and how you are given permission by the government to do so. Now, why, why aren't you allowed to protest? You said you're not allowed to pr- protest those other places. Why not? Because Remember, I Remember, we, we could not go into Central District Health without getting arrested without a mask. Because you, Lawrence Wasden had right. said... But you could still go laws, in there. No, only four people could, and they generally filled the room with other uh, with other bureaucrats. But I, rem- like I remember this going on, and there were still protests going on outside of this place. Yes, yeah, and so you had 500 people protesting a building with one person in it who was actually a commissioner. That's how, that's how Wasden reinterpreted the law, is so that an open meeting meant that if you had one person present, that was your meeting. And then they restricted attendance in those meetings, actually going into the meeting to six people. And most of those six people were bureaucrats who worked at Central District Health. So one or two people were allowed to go in if they wore a mask, which the whole thing was about masks. So the government got to impose their random, unlawful, bodily violations on you before you were allowed to go to an open meeting. 
you know, so. So because because this, of that, you think that they should be allowed to go to people's houses. There is no other place to protest when you have your meeting everywhere. And that's where the meeting was being held at the time. It was at Diana Lasciano's house. She was not there. And in order to know that, one would have had to stalk her. Uh, but See, now, I'm, I'm so confused. So the meeting was at Diane Lasciando's house. No. She's not because there. That's a, what he just said. It's a Zoom meeting. It's a Zoom meeting. Remember, right. it's a Zoom meeting, and the general assumption is your Zoom meeting is at your house. However, she held it, because she had had it at her house before, from her house. She had been, at, she had, quote, attended these by Zoom. And so when she holds the meeting at her house, that is now part of the public meeting and eligible for protest. But, and that's but she happens. wasn't. You when just you admitted allow, she wasn't at her house, right? Right. But who would who was to know that she had been at her house in at previous I, meetings? I, I understand that, but she wasn't at her house. You're protesting at her house where she's not even at. So, but that's where she held her meeting in the past. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She wasn't. That, that's the, part the, of the open meeting law. I understand. To Listen to me. Listen to me. I gave you a chance to talk. You're saying that this, this happened in the past. The person did not get charged in the past for being at the house. The person got charged that time when there was no meeting. She was protesting, and you admitted it. She was protesting a meeting that wasn't happening at that house at the time, and only two children were at the home at that time, plus, if I remember correctly, a, a babysitter. You're protesting at a house where no meeting is going on. So, yeah, you should know. Even though it happened in the past, you have your right to protest there, maybe, but you don't have a right to protest when there's no meeting going on. That's according the that, that is the law. Laws, according to their own laws, you have to that where one person is present and she had been present, and normally okay. that's where what, she had been present. What, it doesn't matter normally. Laws, <laughs> Once again, this is about a case specifically exactly. to that day. You already admitted oh, she was not yeah. there. She was not there. So. She's being charged with a crime on that particular day. Doesn't matter what happened previous to that. That's not what she was being charged for. So I, whether you like it or not, you can't say, you know, it, it's it's against the law because the, she's charged, and you may not like it. I get it. There's a lot of laws I don't like, but I got to follow them. So you can't sit there and base it on something that happened previously and say, well, she shouldn't get charged because a meeting has happened here previously before. You've made some grand assumptions of ignorance in your, since you weren't well, there. Well, you, 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 you weren't there either. So you've made I some grand assumptions the, of ignorance at, also. At the, at, the, at the court hearing and at the trial, mm-hmm. there was numerous, uh, much, a lot of evidence where your point of view is basically invalid. So, when you have so how was she found meeting, guilty then? She was she was found guilty of disturbing the peace because right. she made Diana Lachiano's children cry. Okay. Yeah, and that's and and that's, and, and you're saying that that's made up that they made that up and, and that, that was all a lie. Well, that's I'm, that is no that is that is that's that's how we. Right and and rule on laws now. It's based on the emotions of children. That your First Amendment right disappears because of the emotions of children. Okay. And because you did not do what the judge thought you should do, which is to protest empty buildings. 
as this woman was protesting, well, it wasn't empty. There were there were children in it. So yeah, you're right. They they protested an empty building with nothing but children in it. Thank you for the call. I, I mean, I can see the point there that uh, you, you do have a right to protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fully agree with that. And uh, you, well, it, there is a law against disturbing the peace, so those kind of go are in are in conflict. And I guess the judge ruled simply, as you said, by the fact that there wasn't an actual meeting going on there where they were disturbing the peace. So it wasn't, as far as she was concerned, technically a protest. I don't know for a fact, but if she wasn't banging on the drums and disturbing the peace, would she have got it, uh, the ticket? Would she have been charged? Is it just for disturbing the peace? Because it doesn't. It sounded just because she was banging oh, yeah. on a bucket. But it's, you know... It, I guess you protest in your own way. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. More on the way after this final check on traffic. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Mike writes in, uh, Lee Joe's argument makes about as much sense as I've gotten. 75 miles an hour in this area before because that's what it said. Now it's a construction zone. I should still be able to go 75 miles an hour without getting a ticket. John in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Well, that last comment was just ridiculous. They, they post the new steep speed limit, so you, you can't use that for an example. That guy did a great job explaining what it is, and I don't realize. I don't know if you realize how petty you looked trying to argue against that i think chris figured it out he was kind of trying to backpedal out of this conversation but uh you cannot hide behind this is like a taliban strategy hide behind the skirts of women and children and then complain when when you get bombed for uh people trying to defend themselves against uh, against an attack that's coming out somewhere i realize no one's going to get killed but it's the same tact military tactic you keep switching the 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 armaments around you hide behind women and children and then when someone finally uh messes up and oh yeah see you you blew up a a school and we weren't even there you did it on purpose and you're going to be prosecuted for it well the whole thing was self-defense anyways and there there is no reason why you can't protest somebody's house with just because you have the wrong color socks on doesn't doesn't you, change you, the you, fact you that, do realize that that's not the reason she got charged was protest right it was no they, they it don't wasn't say that it was <laughs> they don't say that oh my god they don't, they don't say that that's not the charge but that's the reason she got it you, is you yeah. know that that's how exactly, that's, that's how this works oh it's okay all, that's how it works it, i get it, it now i didn't i didn't understand district, it before the southwest district health is you know almost a military arm of the government and here comes 87,000 IRS agents with guns to do the exact same thing <laughs> now 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 the cdc has irs agents hold on we got to take a break here i'll let you talk more at the top of the hour kboi news time is 858 208 336 remember if you missed any part of casper and chris this morning check out their podcast on the kboi app or on kboi.com now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Those numbers are also important to remember. We have a chance for you to pick up uh, Boise Open 
Golf tickets, Sunday's final day, coming up here before 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, John, Nampa, uh, thanks for holding on. I just didn't want to rush you off. We were out of time there at the top of the hour, but I didn't want you to think I was uh, stifling uh, you there before we uh, gave you a final chance. So, oh, I, I, I already know you are. <laughs> but if if I was, I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't have brought you back on. Well, yeah, that, that, that's, a good, that's a good sport. That's true. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. so, okay, genius, explain it to me. Explain which part. Which, which part are you confused about? I'm not confused at all. Well, you just, you just you asked me about? to explain it to you, so which part okay. do you want me to explain? explain no, he, just, your, he wants explain your explanation. Your, explain your pseudo-narrative. All right. Here, here's the facts of the case. All right? Diane Lasciando was not there. She was in her office. But this, there's no way for him to know that. It was a no way for anybody to know that. Okay, then they shouldn't have been at the house protesting. Here's the other part of this: she was not charged with protesting. She was charged with disturbing the peace. The other and facts. That, that revolves, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I gave you a chance to talk. Shush it. You asked for my, for my take on this. She, Diane Lasciando, did not charge or press charges against the person. The charges were pressed by the person and complaints were filed by the neighbors for disturbing the peace. Not protesting, disturbing the peace. That's what she was charged with. That was what she found, was found guilty of. And that requires jail time. Well, I, I'm not the judge. I don't know. Not yet. <laughs> I no, I, I understand. You're, you're not the I judge. Under, uh, I understand your point on this because uh, the, the way you explained it, it, it seems as if the judge just simply said, "Okay, you get seven days in jail because you were a jerk." Yes, exactly. You wore the wrong colored socks. Or just had the wrong know, attitude. Oh I guess I can't believe I left this on for thirty three days. Okay, yeah, I gotta go. Big emergency. Water's all over the parking lot. Oh, okay. Wow. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, John. <laughs> Where was that? I don't know, but it sounds like he's got a mess. Uh, email uh, in no name on this, and probably for good reason, once again. Uh, Mike, you laugh at the protest and disturbing the peace charges. I don't find you funny. I went to a protest at the em- empty Central District building. Our beloved police force mayor slash, slash mayor had placed snipers on the neighborhood buildings. I don't remember the Constitution guaranteeing me the right to protest under government duress. I confess it was feeling strangely communistic rather than the uh, than American, and I have yet to heard the gal sentence knew the board member was not home. Was that pre or post info? It doesn't, it's, it doesn't it's matter if she doesn't know or not. Yeah, it's amazing that they felt the the feelings were so at such a high point, uh, you know, because of the mask mandates that they needed to have snipers on the roofs. I don't. I, I don't. I am all for protesting. That's your right. But if you are going to protest, you might want to know that the person that you're protesting is there. Well, I suppose if you're protesting in someone's neighborhood and making a lot of noise, they can arrest you for disturbing the peace. And that's what happened. Even if you say you're protesting, they say, great, you're protesting, but you're still also doing this. It would be like if you're protesting and you throw a brick through a window, they would arrest you for throwing the brick through the window, even though you said, hey, I have a right to protest. Exactly. Apparently, it's just just based on... 100% 100% right. You just did a better job explaining it than, than I did. Yes, you can, you can protest. What a, what a surprise, huh? <laughs> you can protest. But that's not what she got charged with. She didn't get charged for protesting. Mm. Now you got may charged not, for you, the peace. Yeah, yeah, you may not like it, 
You may not think it's right, and that's 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 your right to not think it's right. So you can commit a crime in the process of exercising your your uh, civil rights. Two things can be right. There we go. And I don't know what it, it, the judge. I, I have no idea. I don't know the law. I don't know judges. I don't pay attention close enough to what judges give for disturbing the peace. I don't. So I I can't with one hundred percent. Certainty. Certainty say, okay, disturbing the peace, you get five to seven days. You get three to seven days, whatever it is that, that she ended up getting. That I don't know. So you may have a point to stand on there, but you don't have a point to stand on and saying, hey, she got charged with, as Lee Joe said, protesting when the charge was um, actually disturbing the peace. Yeah. You don't get to say, yeah, but you know what this was. No, I don't, because the charge was actually for disturbing the peace, not protesting. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about this morning, because I don't, I don't understand this. And I, I think that, it may have something not, to do... It's not calculus, is it? Because I don't understand yeah. that either. <laughs> um, it may have something to do... Because part of this happened when I went on vacation last week. Mm-hmm. And as I was going on vacation, you were, you were also gone for part of this also, um, this all happened uh, having to do with Trump's Mar-a-Lago investigation, mm-hmm. warrant that they could search the house. Um, and everybody all week long, it happened last, last Monday, and everybody all week long is like, we need transparency. We need to know what was going on. You need to unseal the warrant. So on Thursday of last week, Merrick Garland called a press conference together, called everybody to a seventh floor briefing room at the headquarters of the Justice Department and said, we're going to unseal the warrants. Moments before Garland spoke, top official in the Justice Department National Security Division counterintelligence chief Jay Bratt filed a motion to unseal the search warrant along with the inventory of items received in the search. And and the the point of that is to if you unseal the warrants everybody gets to find out what you were looking for and why you were there. Exactly. And there are some that, that would probably feel that sensitive information. For instance, the person whose house was searched. The last sentence of the document contained a critical caveat. It gave Mr. Trump's legal team the opportunity to present a countervailing, uh, countervailing argument against releasing the warrant. As a matter of fact, they gave Trump a timeline until 3 p.m. on Friday to make a case on whether he agreed to unseal the warrant. He said, go ahead, didn't he? He said, go ahead and unseal the warrant. So then two days later, the Justice Department is now going to court opposing unsealing the warrant that Merrick Garland said we're going to unseal unless President Trump doesn't want it open. But that's his choice now. We're going to unseal it. He, uh-huh. has, he has the chance to say, no, I don't want it unsealed. So uh, it would seem that, that he thinks uh, what's, what's in the warrant is uh, either just false or ridiculous, and so he doesn't care if everybody knows. Was, was this a case... You know, when I read this, I'm like, what the heck? And I'm hearing this this week as we get back to, as I got back to work. And I'm like, did Merrick Garland try to bluff Trump and blump, and, and Trump called his bluff? I mean, because five days ago, he's like, we're going to, we're going to unseal the warrant and let mm-hmm. everybody see what's in there. Unless Trump doesn't want it un- unsealed. And then Trump says, no, I want everything unredacted, completely released. Right. Yeah. And now they're going to court. The Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, once again is going to court today to keep the warrant Well, I, th- I think the reason that he uh, 
agreed to have it unsealed in the first place was simply because so many people were protesting saying you had nothing. Right. It was just this is right. nothing but a political move. You had absolutely you know, no proof. Uh, you had no reason to be there. And he says, well, we'll, we'll unseal this unless the individual whose house we searched in this particular case, Donald Trump, right. doesn't want us to. And, and to me, it just it sort of feels like he was defending himself, not necessarily, uh, you know, trying to put something over on Trump. But now, <laughs> now we go right back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what's in there? What's in there that you don't want people to see, even though you said there was nothing in there that people shouldn't see? Five days later, it, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I take that back. I don't want this unsealed. And he's claiming that there's national security yeah, that's that the we part can of the, unseal. That's the part of the story that gets a little that, yeah. odd. I, I get it. A week ago, if you would have said, we can't unseal this, we have problems with national security. If we unseal mm-hmm. it, there's, you know, people wouldn't like it. But he said, no, we don't have a problem. What has changed in the last five so, days? So there's no new information that you got. Basically, now the statement is, come to think of it, this, this might... Uh, <laughs> Makes, it makes no I, – I was just curious if, if other people were, were like, wait a minute, none of this makes a whole lot of sense over a five-day period that you go, we're going to unseal it, unless Trump doesn't want it unsealed, and then we won't unseal it. Oh, Trump well, wants at, it unsealed. Well, now we're going to say even, fight to seal it. Even at the whole thing's height of sense, it only made a moderate amount of sense anyway. Yeah. I was just curious. It just it, – it, it made very little sense to me. Um, 208-336-3700. Uh, Rich and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, your problem is you're confusing the warrant with the affidavit. Uh, Trump was given a copy of the warrant. Everybody gets a copy of a warrant when their property searched. Trump could have released it. it. Merrick Garda didn't have anything to do with it. It was Trump's warrant. It was left at the property or given to his attorney. Is What they're talking about now is the affidavit for probable cause to get the warrant. So basically now the complaint. That, well, no, it's uh, no, it's it's just an, it's a it's a, it's looking, it's giving a judge probable cause to get the warrant, and in that warrant, it will say how they got the information, and it you know and and the sources country you know, right. uh, from whom right a, a, a lot yeah a lot of, a lot of the sources of stuff would be divulged on the investigation. And so it's a, it's totally a different thing, uh, and those those usually those the information in the affidavit if it ever goes to court, then uh, Trump's Trump's defense will have a right to that information because that's that would be part of the charges against them. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be information. I can't I can't think of the term right now. They have to they have to disclose their information. Uh, to the opposing side, I, I missed that. I blanked out on the term, but that's why they don't want to do it now. And that, you know, that 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 isn't released. That's re- that that would be released if he was charged and went to court. That would uh, uh, that would go to his attorneys to show that they had cause for they had probable cause for the search warrant. Yeah, I guess that's what is the affidavit is for probable cause for the search warrant. Okay, and that would be turned that would be turned over. Got it. 
Thank you for the call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is 916. Stick around. Still on the way. We have those tickets, by the way, to give away for the uh, final day of the Boise Open coming up here on Sunday. If you want to get through, our phone lines are open. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It's the same as the main number, by the way, for our text if you want to text us this morning. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless email in. Mike, quit being rude to your callers. Not being rude to the callers. Who said that? Didn't know name on this, of course, because if you're going to criticize, you don't put your name. Um, I'm not being rude to the callers. But you're not going to feed me a poop sandwich and have me say, mm good, just to agree with you. If I disagree with you, I'm going to tell you that's what we get paid for. We have, we have opinions, and there is nothing wrong with vigorous debate. I have no problem with Lee Joe calling and disagreeing with me. No problem. I think it was John from Nampa who had the horrible water problem. <laughs> it sounded like I feel sorry for the guy. Um, apparently, his water's been running for three days, and he had a mess. Is that right? That's what he, that's what he said. Good grief. Um, I have no problem. I mean, vigorous debate is is good. Not everybody is ever going to agree with everybody. So not agreeing is a perfectly fine thing. It's just yeah. opinions. I mean, I, it's kind of what America is based on. Yeah, yeah. Is, so, is the fact that we assume not everybody is going to agree, therefore we can't have a monarchy and just one person in charge. So it's not being rude. We're having we're having a conversation, and yes, sometimes those conversations get heated, but there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I respect Lee Joe and his opinion. I respect John and his opinion, even though I don't agree with him. So it's not being rude. Eric writes in and says uh, something similar to uh, the last caller. Eric says, just for clarification, the warrant has been unsealed. It is the warrant affidavit that remains unsealed. The affidavit contains the evidence that supports the warrant and who the informants that provided the information are. Two different things. Yeah, the uh, the affidavit would be uh, somebody's sworn statement about what they saw, you know, what uh, they did, something like that. And at the moment, they don't know who the whistleblowers are on this particular thing or whatever you call them. You know, the simple. Okay, I don't. I don't know. If whistleblowers isn't necessarily a good term. I'll just say the people who uh, were the reason for the affidavit. <laughs> How's that? That's, um, that's a terrible term, but you know that's more if, accurate. If disclosed, the affidavit would serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation, providing specific details about its directions and likely course in a manner that is highly likely to compromise future investigative steps. That's the uh, what the government wrote in its court filing ahead of the case this afternoon. So that's why they don't want the affidavit um, unsealed. However, the judge is going to make that determination later today. Judge could say, doesn't matter. And here's the thing. Um, and the thing, the word that he was, uh, I can't remember who it was, or it was Rich, that was trying to come up with is discovery. All this is going to have to be turned over eventually anyway. Whether Assuming it's, it whether it's to today. Court. Yeah, if, if charges are made, they have to turn over all this discovery anyway. Now, if there are no charges, then this will never see the light of day. Fed up, right, sentences. The next time Rich is on, please ask him where he studied law and what degrees does he have, or is he just flapping his gums? He talks like he's there in the room with these politicians. So does he know them, or is he just delirious? It sure is an interesting look into the mind of a, a Democrat and that way of thinking. Well, 
I, I'm not going to ask him where he studied law. The good news is you don't necessarily have to know what you're talking about to get on the air. <laughs> Case in point, you know. You and I. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we get paid and we don't always know what we're talking about. No. And, and we, don't, we don't have a program that's so tight that we, uh, you know, we, we keep control of everything that gets on the air. Some of the national programs, some of the syndicated programs, they are never hit with anything surprising simply because they control what goes on and they have, you know, a number of producers. And we have one producer who does about six jobs while he's in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically people can ask us anything. And a lot of times we're going to sound just as stupid as we possibly can because we're not going to know what we're talking about. In all fairness, I, I don't have a lot of agree. However, there's a difference between not knowing what you're talking about and uh, continuing after that's pointed out. Uh, text message in at 208-336-3700. Oh, and, and Rich Rich wrote in, and he says, the word I was blanking on was discovery. Yeah. The affidavit will be turned over as part of discovery. Yeah, that's what I yeah. just said. Um, no name on this one says, Casper, you just said something like, none of this makes much sense to me. Since when has any of this made any sense? This yeah. is just a cluster blank. I had a buddy exactly. like I said, who was he, in the even, FBI. Even at its height, it maybe made moderate sense to anybody. Yeah. He would be ashamed of the people like Stroik and uh, Page. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Got a couple lines open. We'll get to more of your phone calls uh, coming up here. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. 1-800-529-5264. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 933 East Coast Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in and uh, thanks for participating in the show. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Paul and Nampa, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. You know, I, I just, I would not be surprised if the person that was named in the, the, the uh, whistleblower in the warrant, in the original warrant, you know, they said that, uh, he was uh, basically snitching out on Trump. Uh-huh. And, and what the problem is, I think it was a Secret Service individual, but in actuality, an FBI plant. And I think that you're going to find that when this affidavit is opened, that it's going to be nothing more than a political hit job to try to keep him from being able to run for president. So it would have been an FBI? Or it would have been a, a Secret Service agent who was uh, plant, in planted FBI. in the FBI, or planted in the, uh, okay, it's an FBI agent who was planted in the Secret Service by the FBI. That's correct. Okay. That's an interesting uh, I just, theory. I, I, have, I have a strong feeling about that because he's been having nothing but problems with the FBI for the last seven years. And what better way to get at him finally and and, and resolutely than to do something like that. And it just makes sense that that FBI agent, you know, posing as a Secret Service guy, would have all the time in the world to find whatever he thinks he needs to get that to to Merrick and let Merrick take over from there, which they did. If it was so important and if it was national security involved, they had 18 months to do something way back when. So I find it a little odd that we're three months away from the primaries and they suddenly discovered something like that. The, the plans were in the making from, from months and months and months ago. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. All right. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Right. Yeah. I, 
It, it is an interesting theory, but I don't know legally if that could be done, that you could plant an FBI without a warrant. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, legally, I don't know if that could be done. And the, the other thing he mentioned... It seems like the FBI <clears throat> and the Secret Service ought to be working in tandem. Yeah. Ought to be. The other thing, I, and I don't understand this about this, if, if this was such a blatant, as we're, we've heard uh, rumors about, because none of this has officially been released by the Department of Justice, but there was an article, I think it was in the Washington Post or New York Post, one or the other, uh, New York Times, <clears throat> talking about that, you know, it was has to do with nuclear secrets, mm-hmm. um, things like that. If this was so heinous and so bad, the Department of Justice was there in May. Was it May? I think it was. Why, why weren't these items taken out then? Maybe they didn't have a warrant? No, they were there in, in May. With a warrant? Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, I, I, think, don't, I, don't I think it was May. I, I think I got the right month. Maybe they didn't know where they were. Nobody had uh, blabbed yet. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I'm just asking the question. It, it's There's a few things about this that you know, don't make a lot of sense. And uh, as we go along, you know, maybe we'll find out more about it. I thought, quite frankly, between now, because we're coming up here almost on two weeks, that we would have some release of some information on this. But the Department of Justice pretty much hasn't released anything about, you know, what they were searching for. Now, we've had, like I said, reports from newspapers, according to anonymous sources, you know, saying what was found, but you know, anonymous sources aren't worth anything until there's a name put to it or proof that that was actually what was found. Hmm. Because we've seen how many times anonymous sources have been wrong before. So I even even I take it with a grain of salt that hey, they found nuclear you know secrets or stuff that having to do with nuclear stuff that Trump had. Um, you know, according to the report in the New York Technology, Times, yeah. I, I I mean I I unless that comes out as as proof. Just having an anonymous source say that doesn't really mean anything. Sells newspapers. I think, I think it's interesting. I mean, you, you look at Twitter and see, and also some TV stations, and see how many people think that the only reason to have those documents would be to sell them to foreign powers. Which, uh, you know, that's quite an assumption. Yeah. Tony Caldwell, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Listen to whistleblowers. You know how many times before we had whistleblowers have something on Trump, uh, and it, it never panned out. Uh, it was, all it was was a blowing whistle. Um, you know, I, I think why we're not hearing much about what's going on with the affidavit is because these so-called whistleblowers, if they even have some, they're interviewing them uh, to find out exactly what they have and. If they think they have something that's worthwhile, they're coaching them on how to bring this across in court, all this kind of stuff, like they did before. And, uh, and the bottom line is, Trump is not stupid, and there's no reason in the world that he would ever allow anything to go backwards as far as nuclear secrets and stuff like that. Why would that man want to do that? He's for the people, not against the people. I I think there's a lot of smoke blowing here, 
and uh, that's why it's taken so long. And when it comes to find out in the end, uh, there's possibly, I don't know, say for sure, but there's possibly nothing to this. So uh, I'm just keeping on, uh, you know, just a watchful ear and uh, hoping that um, everything will come out on the, on the good side for Trump. All right. So thank thank you, Tony. That's my thoughts. Appreciate Thanks. it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna know this afternoon. I, I um, will say that's the first time I've ever heard "watchful ear." I, li- I like that. <laughs> uh, the Justice Department um, is going to court this afternoon to keep the affidavit sealed. So we're gonna know a little bit more later today. Um, this is gonna be going on in Florida. They're a couple hours ahead of us. So even even during Nate Shellman's show, the news could break that um, it's probably not a big deal if the judge decides to keep the affidavit sealed. Other than, hey, we're not going to find out any information until Merrick Garland finally opens up his mouth and tells us what's going on. Um, however, it would be probably pretty big news if the judge says, no, this is important enough. Uh, we need to uh, unseal this. The uh, public's right to know outweighs your right to investigate. I don't know which way this is going to go, but we should know a little bit more a little bit later this afternoon. Or not. <laughs> Lisa, well, well said, yeah. <laughs> Lisa on the uh, treadmill if that is her real name. Um, she writes, Mr. Legio accused uh, you, Mike, of leaving out details, but he left out that the protester was not banging on a bucket, but they were also playing scenes from Scarface, using a bullhorn to shout obscenities and threats to the commissioner, who they thought was home. There were only three people there. That should have alerted them that she wasn't home. These guys defending this are the type who walk into Mickey D's play, play place with a gun on his belt, yelling bang, bang, expecting to be left alone. There is a line. Scenes from Scarface. Yes. The only scene that I can uh, immediately, you know, think of from Go Scarface is, well, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> That's and, the exact scene that I was thinking. Of. Say hello to my little friend. Tim says the tipster at Mar-a-Lago could have been a Secret Service agent, but SS agents are part of law enforcement and are obligated to report the crime. Uh, Casper, you are wrong. There was no search warrant issued previously in May. I I didn't think there was, but I have to look that up again. Uh, let's see. John says whistleblower on President Trump. Just look at the uh, recent January sixth testimony. In the end, it's all bunk. Well, nothing's been basically proven or disproven yet, but uh, it's certainly been disputed. Yeah. Um, oh, this is nice. Uh, the guy we talked to uh, before was I think it was John in Napa, I believe. Got the water fixed. Just a lot of wasted water. Hmm. Dave says, are you guys really this surprised? How is this any different than the rest of the unproven fake allegations they have been accusing the president of from day one and before, just trying to make anything stick? I think he is letting them dig their own graves, and when President Trump presses charges, they will stick because there will be facts. I I did hear another theory, um, and and the theories on it, because that's all we have. I mean, we have so little facts on this, that's all we have is, is theories, was... Um, that Trump planted the story that he had all these secret documents in his house to make the FBI look back so that they come and search and find nothing. It's an interesting theory, but uh, like I said, that's all we have right now. What what kind of a world would, would it be if we simply uh, assumed that everyone is always telling the truth? You know, unless you... Uh, 
you find out proof, absolute proof, that they're not. If you just took everyone at their word. Wasn't there, there was a movie similar to that where everybody in the world told the truth. Nobody knew well, what it was, a lie the, it was, was. It was the invention of lying. That's, that's, yeah, that, yeah. that was the movie I saw. And that. then all of a sudden, one person could lie, but everybody believed says, wow. everything he said. He's just like, <laughs> I can get away with anything. Exactly. Uh, Tom and Emmett, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Uh, yeah, I was. I saw Andy McCarthy, who's a former attorney general, discussing the affidavit and those names. He said they make a special tool for that. It's called a black marking pen. <laughs> well, yeah, redaction. Yeah, and uh, also there was no warrant issued in, I think it was June, simply because Trump invited them in and said, help yourself. That's what it was. Uh, they were there, yeah, it, it wasn't a warrant that he, they, was, he invited them in. I knew there was a search before and said, come in and take a look. Yeah, he was the assistant U.S. attorney, Andy McCarthy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, the reason they don't want to uh, introduce that affidavit is they can put this stuff out now in judicious leaks, which they already had started doing. Hmm. But I I thought the special tool thing was pretty relevant. Yeah, that's that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the call, Tom. Appreciate it. Yeah, Terry Bye. writes in and says, "Proof innocent until proven guilty," and then and, and that is the case. You don't have to prove yourself innocent, but somebody does have to prove that you have done something. Yeah. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We're going to take a break. Uh, we did clear the phone lines here, so that means we have a chance once again for you to win some tickets for the Boise Open. Gets underway. It's already underway this morning. They uh, teed off around seven thirty this morning. Sunday will be the final day, expecting a big day, uh, and you get to be there for free if you want to call up right now, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll get you a pair of passes for Sunday's Boise Open at Hillcrest Country Club. Caller number six, you're a winner. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Congratulations going out to Carlos Lopez. He is headed to the Boise Open coming up here on Sunday. Final round of the Boise Open underway with round number one today. Teed off around 7.30 this uh, morning, so congratulations. We'll have another pair to give away coming up here for you tomorrow morning. Um, This was, uh, I did have a little chance while we were in break there um, checking on, um, it wasn't May, apparently it was June. Feds removed documents from Mar-a-Lago in June with a grand jury subpoena. So it wasn't a warrant. It was a grand jury subpoena that they entered the home in June and uh, removed documents then. So that was that was a question that I didn't understand is if you're there in June and you had a chance to get documents, unless there were just specific things that could be taken out in June, I don't. I don't know. It's just weird that you go back two months later have you go, and of, I forgot something. Have you heard of that before? Somebody uh, going in and removing something from somebody's house because of a subpoena? Uh, no. Seems like you'd have to have a warrant still. Yeah, this is from CNN. Hmm. Feds removed documents from Mar-a-Logo in June with grand jury subpoena. Okay. So, I don't know. But once again, it's it's... Some of the stuff that I'm confused about in this whole case, not knowing what, exactly what they're searching for, what their evidence was, and if the stuff is, as has been claimed in numerous articles was so egregious 
Why wasn't it removed in June? Why two, Why go back again two months later if this stuff was so bad? Wouldn't you be worried that he was going to sell these secrets to our enemies in the two months? I don't know. Well, as I said earlier, some people are worried about that. Uh, I would think that would be... I don't know. It, it, it just seems uncharacteristic. confusing, right? It seems uncharacteristic for any uh, president, and that includes Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree. Um, email Mike at KBY.com. You guys are a little confused. They have released the warrant. It's the we, affidavit they haven't yeah. released. Yeah, <laughs> we, we talked about that before. We got that one. Um, constitutionally, it's supposed to be very specific. The warrant gave the FBI the ability to confiscate any papers between the beginning an end date of Trump's term in office. Talk about a fishing for evidence warrant. Yeah, if that's if that's indeed what it did say, if you're, you're supposed to be specific, that's not very specific. Anything that he has from the time he was president to the time he wasn't president. Dave uh, says, hi, guys. I have heard several people comment that uh, Trump had all these documents so he could sell them to make a buck. They must not know that President Trump spent four years being attacked and stabbed in the back on a daily basis. He took this job on for free. He literally didn't make a penny as president, having donated his salary on a quarterly basis to various charitable organizations. I hope he runs again, wins, and gets America back on the right track toward energy independence and an economic boom America hasn't seen since he was last in the Oval Office. Have a great day. Cheers, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Uh, fed up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go. Fed up writes in. I would bet almost anything that any politician would have something illegal in their own private home safe. Uh, oh, a private home safe could be anything. Some more illegal than others. But give me a break with Trump circus of idiots that are trying to desperately to bring him down. It's no different than when he was president. The show goes on. The people involved with this are pathetic. Not someone I want running my country. Bring back President Trump and allow him to do the good. We know that he can. Maybe the drama would end. I don't. I kind of disagree with you. I I don't think that every politician, if you did a search of their home, you're going to find something illegal in their safe. True. Uh, I'm sure that one or two percent wouldn't have anything. <laughs> um. Robin writes in and says again, laughing out loud. You just nailed it. Everybody seems to be an expert on everything. Love the show as always. Thank you. Jan says, uh, I'm old. Years ago, the people elected our legislature to make laws. We may not have agreed, but that's how democracy worked. It was so not me, me, me. It was not, if you don't think the same thing, you were an idiot. We were taught utmost respect for our republic, our community, and mindfulness, I feel, may be going. Okay, I, I agree with one thing there, Jan. Just it, the further back you go, the more polite people were in public. Period. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have to worry about getting well, because slugged, you're, you're, slugged in the face if, if you if you were if being you weren't. A, if you were being a jerk, if you were being impolite in public, uh, it was held against you. Mm-hmm. Your reputation would suffer because of it. In, anymore, it doesn't seem to. Well, and not just your reputation, but like I said, you know, before the social media was there and you could hide behind a keyboard, if you said something to somebody's face and it was offensive to them, you ran a real good chance of, you know, having that attention drawn to a fine point on the end of your nose. If you're able to hide behind or a keyboard, a, you're, you can say anything you want or, and there's nothing a, anybody can do about or it. Or a fine point of some sort going right through your body, <laughs> depending on how mad they were. Um, 
Fred writes in, I bet they don't unseal the affidavit later today because this was just one big fishing expedition. There wasn't probable cause. Who knows? We'll find out. Like I said, they you know, go to court these, this afternoon. These people would be happier if they just went fishing. Let's go do that. We're on a 20-hour break. Chris and I are going to go fishing on our own. <laughs> maybe for fish, maybe not. Have yourself a great day. Uh, we'll be back. Open phones Friday, tomorrow morning.